And dear Lord in heaven, we don't want to just be hearers of the word, but doers. And you've promised it is God that works in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And you've promised us, Lord, that if we'll conform by your grace to the laws of life, we shall have days of heaven upon the earth. We ask believingly that in this session, we shall learn more of the rules and more of the power of God to conform to them. And we believe and claim it through Christ. Amen. And now, friends, we read again and again in the wonderful book called the Bible of challenge after challenge to God's people. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. On my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. We read in uh, Malachi, the third chapter, verses 16 and 17. They that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. They shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day that I shall make up my jewels. God dwells in the praises of his people, Psalm 22, verse 3. And he that has a son has life. There's special life in praising God, not merely day by day, but in the great congregation of his people. God loves to hear us. Lord his name, not that he's selfish, but that so someone else may know that God has come to our rescue in our time of need, and they will dare to turn to him also in their time of need, do you see? And so we're going to take several moments this morning in which we're going to be free to let anyone right here in this audience to come right up near me and, and before this fine group of people here and also before our viewing audience, you can tell, in a moment or two, don't feel you've got to preach a sermon, you can tell whether you love the Lord or not, whether he's been good to you or not, have you tasted of his salvation or not, has he changed your life or not? And we're going to ask, the only way we'll know is if somebody stands near the front, and if you're way back, you come right up here and then we'll see you. Who would like to be the first? Maybe you're a little scared. You think, my, I'm, I'm afraid of that. Are you afraid? All right, thank you. I want to praise the Lord and thank him for saving me from a life of sin. And I am a backslider many times, and I thank God for that too, because without taking a step forward, I never could go back. Amen. God bless you. Wonderful. Come right up, sister, won't you? Thank you. And anyone else may be coming while she's giving her word of praise to the Lord. Thank you. I was a total atheist 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And I began to search for religion when I saw nothing else worked. Education didn't work. Good works didn't work. And I searched. I went to different parts of the world. I looked at all kinds of religions. I went to the West Indies, and I found a group of people who stood on the Word. And it was the Seventh-day Adventists. So they were missionaries to me. I became a mother of a family of ten, six stepchildren, four have come to the Lord, two of my own. We're still waiting for the other two. And I thank God, and every time the enemy comes with problems, I thank the Lord more that he's more powerful than anything any enemy can do to us. Thank the Lord. Just stand on the word, and all will Amen. be all right. You know, I can see you're not a devil worshiper. You know, a lot of people magnify the devil and tell all he's doing. Thank the Lord for people who can magnify the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come right up, sister. Thank you. 
And would you like to face in this direction? Thank you. I never want to pass up the opportunity to praise my God and for the wonderful thing he's done in my life. I was a Catholic till I was 26 years old. And how wonderful it is to know his truth and to study his word. I was 26 before I opened up the scriptures. And when I read the Gospels, it opened up a big life to me. And I'm so rejoiced that I found a wonderful Savior. But when I first started into the Bible, I didn't find the Savior complete. I had to study. And now I can praise God that I found him. Thank the Lord. Thank you so much. And for the benefit of anyone here, this is my sweet wife. This morning with the psalmist, I want to testify. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. Wait just a minute. May I give you a little coon hug? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good morning, Elder Good Kuhn. Good morning. Glad to see you. You're facing this direction. Elder Kuhn has more than one occasion to know that the Lord says in his word, before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. And I couldn't begin to tell you the million ways I found this to be true since my conversion at the age of 18. I first read the Bible when I was 15. You can never exhaust it, and his promises right. are always sure. Praise Amen. his name. Thank you. Thank you. Bro uh, over here. Thank you. You know, all oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Right, brother? Right. For his wonderful works to the children of men. Well, I want to say that, uh, you know, I have uh, one of the most wonderful wives in the world. I want you to understand that. For uh, you. For me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that, you know, we're just sweethearts, her, she and I. Thank the Lord. But, you know, I have another sweetheart. I've got to confess that. Do you? Yes. Who is that? His name is Jesus. Amen. And he is, Amen. Uh, he is a real sweetheart. We have a, uh, an affair together, a closeness together that just cannot be beat. beat. <laughs> you cannot even be explained. Amen. I wish that everyone could have the kind of a relationship with Jesus that I found. I believe it. We believe it. Thank the Lord. Thank you. Here's another good brother. Step right up if you'd like, brother. Thank, Thank you. you. I recall when I was baptized three years ago in this church, and for many, many years I followed a secular path of doing and chasing and trying to find the things of this life that would supplement the spirit. But I finally found one day that there was a unique, sweet people that worshiped God and my only testimony is that Jesus said that he that confesses me before men, him shall I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Amen. And I have found my home here, and I seek humility, and I seek and thankful for his grace that I know that when that great day comes that Jesus will stand before me and my sins will be upon right. his shoulders. You know, when I came into this auditorium this morning, you were telling me of your love for the Lord. I know it's sincere. Thank you so much. Come right up, brother. I've uh, known the Lord all my life, and I just want to say I'm thankful for every day that I have known him. I'd like to say that I'm grateful for what the Lord has done for me personally and for what he's doing here in Westminster. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you thank so the much. Lord that he's seen fit to send you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Come right up, brother. Thank you. I just want to say, Elder Kuhn, I've enjoyed your meetings very much. I've got a lot out of them. And I want to say that when I wake up in the morning, the fact that I'm awake, I give praise to the Lord. Amen. You know, it's wonderful. I, I just started that practice. And that's the first thing I do is I, I wake up. It's time to go to work, 6 o'clock or whatever. Amen. And I say, praise the Lord, I'm awake. Yes. I'm alive again yes. to live for the Lord another day. Amen. And I give all the glory to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. And let all the people say, Amen. Amen. Here's another brother. I'd just like to say that I praise the Lord that, uh, that I have the assurance, the blessed assurance today that I am saved. And I praise the Lord that uh, through the ministry that God has worked through Elder Kuhn, that this week I've come to know my Savior in a better way, in a more wonderful way, and I can truly witness to each and every one here that claiming God's promises is the best way to find out and to know and to live the kind of life that he has for each one of us. It works. It really does. Praise the Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Well, I want to thank my friends that really introduced me to the Bible. And I was brave enough to face it and to really get into the Bible and study. And I want to thank God for before I became a Christian, I was called the devil. That's you were called the yeah, devil? They called me the devil. Is and, that right? Yes, and they said it was going to take a miracle to transform me to be a Christian. This is the first time I ever heard of the devil being converted. Praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I read the Bible, and in Romans 6, 23, said that um, wages of the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I really thank the Lord for accepting me in his salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I thank the Lord that the devil has been, one devil has been converted, don't you? <laughs> you know, there are a lot of others who, if we were really honest, could say the same thing about ourselves, right? We're all devils in a sense till we find the Lord, right? The devil's had control of our lives. So we can thank the Lord for his wonderful blessing. I want to give my testimony. Some of you have heard it many times in the past, and it could take a whole hour, but I'm going to try to cut it down. 31 years ago, I was going down the drain physically, financially, mentally, and spiritually. It was then that we learned about the ABCs of prayer, the Lord of the ABCs of prayer. And when we ask, that's the A of prayer, when we ask, we were saying, Lord, we need you desperately. When we use the B of prayer, believe, we're saying, Lord, we believe that you're there and you will never fail us. And when we said, Lord, we claim it, we're saying, Lord, we have it because the gift is in the promise and God came to our rescue. Seemed like I would die. But in 1953, 24 years ago, I was told by my medical doctor that I had cancer. And he recommended that we give up our revival work. We cried out to God in our desperate need. Nine months later, he said there wasn't a sign of it. In 1959, I was back at the same place. Six years later, and I heard him tell another 
medical doctor that my cancer was terminal. That's 1959. How many years ago is that? 18 years ago. God has given me a term of 18 years. I praise his name for it. Talk about terminal. I didn't know they had terms like that. And I praise his name. Now, as most of you know, I'm a little over 50. <laughs> I'll be 74 my next birthday as I speak to you today. Last summer, when we went back to our place in Roan Mountain, I didn't know whether we could travel again or not. And so I prayed earnestly to the Lord. I said, Dear Lord, if you see that we might be able to, to have something on videotape, which men and women across America and other lands can be blessed when maybe I'm under the soil, <laughs> then give me the strength to travel again. My friends, God has given me such strength since last October as we started our fall term. I have never felt better in my life. It shows what God is like. We know that he wants this message proclaimed in many, many churches. And so we've been pleading with God that he would give us the strength to put this on video. It's not easy for me because I'm not a star. I'm just a plain coon. <laughs> and it's hard on us. But God still gives strength, more strength day by day. And the messages that we receive from our video evangelists who are showing this program in various churches across our land are absolutely almost overwhelming. A young man that was baptized last, uh, uh, last April, two weeks later we were holding a series in his church. He came right out of the world. And he said, oh, uh, my mommy asked me to give my heart to Christ. He said, I wish I'd done it before she died. He said, I'd like to be in this video evangelism and show this. And I thought, my, just out of the raw world? That young man is now showing these sermons in Canada all over the place. He's even preaching in churches, and people are coming to him and thanking God for a new experience in Jesus. So I thank the Lord for what he's done for me. My soul shall make her boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Because a little while from now, in the sweet by and by, all the vicissitudes of this life will be finished. Praise the Lord. The experience that I'm sharing with you at this hour revolves around a couple. We're calling her name Kitty. <laughs> we're calling her husband's name Gordon. And uh, we're calling the name of the lady who stole Gordon from Kitty. We're going to call her Doris. Now, if there's anybody here by those names, it's not you. <laughs> this happened many, many hundreds of miles from here. So you'll know you don't have to look around and say, was that you? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But the lessons to be learned, brethren, friends, the lessons to be learned is for you, are for you and you and me. And God gives us these experiences so we will be able to look objectively at the lives of others and see how they related to the experiences of life and how helpless they became. And then when they sought the Lord in great desperation, God is always found. And our opening text is Jeremiah 29, 13. The Lord speaking through his prophet. Ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with what? With all your heart. The ABCs have an A. The A doesn't mean to superficially ask. It means to come to the Lord in utter dependency, 
utter helplessness and say, Dear Lord, I just cannot cope with the problems of life. The life that I've been trying to live has not been satisfying. I've not received the refreshment in this life that I expected to receive. There's an emptiness in my soul. That's what the A of ABCs means. It doesn't mean to superficially say, Lord, I ask and I believe and I claim. No, no, no. Parroting those words means nothing. It means, Lord, when I ask, I'm desperately needing you. It means that I cannot solve the problems of life. But it does mean that I'm reaching out to find a solution. That's the A. The B means, I believe there is a solution. I believe that God that made the heavens and the earth is great enough to take care of my problem. I believe that Christ who died on Calvary loves me enough to come to my personal rescue. He doesn't merely love the world, he loves me personally. Aren't you glad for that? That's the God of the Bible. This is the Christ who died on Calvary. He loves us with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31, 3. With loving kindness, he's drawn us. Loving kindness. He binds about us the bands of love. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You don't have to go through the horrible experiences through which you've been passing, which have only left emptiness. I'm the fullness of your life, and I believe it with all my heart. Don't you? How many can say amen? Amen. amen. Seeking me, you'll find me when you ask, when you search with all your heart. But don't merely search. Reach up and believe that the Christ who died on Calvary will never let you go. As you keep looking to him and trusting in him and believing in him and claiming his, his promises, his incredible promises. Kitty was born in a home where daddy and mother squabbled. There was bickering all through her young life. And may I say parenthetically, friends, it is not necessary to bicker. And hundreds of thousands of professed Christians have never learned how to solve problems without, without bickering. Those of you, of you who are at one of our earlier sessions know that we presented at least six Bible principles by which no family ever needs to bicker. Philippians 2.14 is a statement my father used to claim and he would quote in, in our worship again and hundreds of times when I was a boy. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. This is a Bible command. You don't have to murmur, you don't have to dispute when you learn God's immutable, eternal, impeccable, never-failing, life-giving, love-giving principles. And that's why we're conducting this seminar. But her daddy and mother didn't know the Lord. They didn't even profess to know the Lord. So they bickered and bickered back and forth. And the mother... <laughs> Kitty's mother came to a place where her nerves were so tense that every once in a while as a teenager, Kitty would have to go back home in the middle of her work to sit with mother and bring mother comfort because it seemed otherwise that mother just couldn't stand it. But as soon as, as Kitty was old enough to have her first date, then daddy's and mother's negativism applied to her. They began to be suspicious. What did you do on this date? You know, suspicion, my friends, is damnable. Suspicion and doubt create the very evil 
that they try to prevent. Be done with suspicion, fellow Christian. Don't let it enter your heart. This jealousy, this suspicion, this doubt concerning partnerships and others is of Satan. And there they were saying, no, no matter what you say, we know that you're indiscreet. We know you're not pure. She was pure. Can you imagine the effect that would have on a young girl? But she had a brother, and she'd flee to her brother's side every once in a while and confide in him, and his kind words would bring her a little comfort. Then she said to herself, as soon as I can, if, as soon as I'm old enough, I'm going to get out of this mess. You know, this happens in tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of homes. We virtually drive our boys and girls to perdition by our bickering because we don't have enough, enough impetus to realize that in God's word there are answerings, there, there, there are solutions, so that no Christian needs to bicker. No Christian needs to murmur and dispute. What, what would happen to our churches across America in every denomination if those who profess the name of God would cease this feuding in the home? What do you say? Amen. God says there's an answer, but they didn't know it. So as soon as she could, Kitty married. For a little while she had peace. But at the birth of her firstborn, her little boy, it seemed that both Kitty and the boy would die. They came right to the edge of death. And uh, Kitty's mother took care of the little boy while Kitty was either going to die, and finally she did survive. Two years later, Kitty's brother, in whom she trusted so much, was burned to death in a plane accident. And that just seemed to destroy every hope that Kitty had. Because by this time, Kitty and Gordon were doing the same that Kitty's father and mother had done. They bickered. You see, you plant a seed, and, and the harvest is according to the seed. If parents bicker before their children, the children do what? They bicker. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And they didn't find much happiness. And after several years of this bickering, and of course, Kitty's emptiness over her brother's death, and not knowing the Lord, she loved her husband, but somehow, she couldn't get through to him. And their bickering finally ended, didn't end, but it culminated for the moment in his getting away from home as much as he could. Sometimes you'd stay away all night. Finally, and she would say, where were you? He said, it's none of your business. Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful business relationship? But it is the most natural result of bickering. Who wants to be a part of bickering even though they bicker more than the partner? <laughs> Finally, after several more months, he announced to Kitty that he loved her no longer and he was going to marry a Doris. Now this Doris, by the way, would come to visit Gordon where he was repairman for Kitty's father. Get the picture? Kitty's daddy ran an establishment, an appliance establishment, Gordon was working for Kitty's father, and Kitty was working there, and in comes Doris, and they're flirting back and forth before they're married. They're flirting, and Kitty sees this terrible situation, and you can imagine the hatred that looms up in her heart. She finally makes this decision. I can see they're going to marry, but I have nothing left for which to live. I'm going to murder them. 
or else I'll commit suicide. And while she was going through that terrible emotion, as the Lord would have it, she tuned into her TV screen and she heard a program, It Is Written, by Pastor George Vandemann. She, Her heart was so stirred, the Holy Spirit was speaking to her soul to such an extent. Oh, she said, this is wonderful. This is something I can take hold of. I believe, I believe this might change my life. Oh, I wish this man would come to my town. A little later, she saw an announcement in the paper or folder that came to her door. It is written, is to be presented at the fairgrounds of this very city. She said, I'm going. The third night that she attended Pastor Vanneman's series, the third night she came forward and gave her heart to Jesus Christ. She said, that day was the happiest day in my life. She said, everything was different. I had found someone, I'd really found someone who could take my cares, with whom I could share my burdens. I could cast my problems at his feet. She said, it was a new experience, a brand new experience. She said, I was so ravenous having received this that I began to apply for correspondence courses. She said, Pastor Kuhn, I was taking as many as six Bible correspondence courses at one time. So ravenous and so happy to think that I'd found an answer. An answer. She said, and I was baptized. I united with the church. I went every Sabbath day, she said, to church. I enjoyed the meetings of God's people. Oh, she said, what a life, what a change. But she said, then something happened. The hatred that I had for Doris, the hatred that I had for Gordon, though she said before this, I'd actually pled with my dad to fire Gordon. How in the world could I stand seeing this girl come in and flirt with him, my husband? But she said, my daddy needed him so badly he wouldn't, he wouldn't fire him. So I was working there, Gordon was working there in the same place. But she said, after I found Jesus, Gordon saw a change taking place in me. My daddy observed a change. She said, the hatred that I had for Gordon and the hatred that I had for Doris evaporated, it vanished. She said, and I found coming into my heart nothing but love and pity. She said, I thought, Gordon, Gordon is a lost soul. He doesn't need my hatred. And the promise of God had been fulfilled. Ezekiel 36, 26, for those who are taking notes. It says, a new heart also will I give Kitty. And a new sp spirit will I put within Kitty. I'll take away Kitty's hard heart. How about that? I'll give Kitty a heart of flesh. I will cause Kitty to walk in my principles. I'll put my spirit within Kitty. My friends, this is our creator. If there's anyone viewing this program, if there's anyone here at this hour who has never found this kind of a savior, I want to invite you to find him. He's precious, beloved. He will take your burdens. She said, finally, such a love filled my soul. She said that I, I said to Gordon, I hear that, that uh, Doris isn't feeling well today. Would you take some flowers over to Doris? And so flowers were taken to Doris. 
She said, it dumbfounded Gordon. What has ever happened? What has happened to my ex-wife? She said, a few days later, I said, I believe I ought to go over and visit Doris. She said, I went over and visited Doris. I told her of the love of God. I told her of the precious Savior that I'd found. I told her how forgiving and tender he is. She said, the next, the next morning when I went to work, Gordon said, I don't know what in the world you ever did to Doris. But he said, she told me that you're worth more to her than a psychiatrist. He said, it's done something to her. She said, I visit her, visited her on several occasions when she was sick, sending bouquets, sending messages, sending little pamphlets by Pastor Tucker. How beautiful they are, aren't they? Sending these sweet little messages of how the Lord comes to our rescue in every time of need. She said, I am happy to tell you that the love of Jesus is so complete. Now, I'm not in ecstasy. She made that clear. She said, naturally, I love companionship. I do get lonesome. But she said, I can say one thing. Christ is sufficient. I would like to get married, she said. I would like a companion. But she said, I can tell you this. The emptiness in my life is gone. I have a wonderful Savior. As a Bible instructor took me to visit Doris, Doris said to us, that, that lady Kitty is one of the most wonderful persons I've ever met in all my life. A little later, after we visited Kitty and visited Doris, and I, I wrote this experience, it's been a few years, I received a letter from a Miss Farnsworth who had taken me to the two homes. She said, Pastor Kuhn, Gordon passed away suddenly. And he said, Doris was left in a deep, in a deep nerve reaction. Terrible frustration. She's going to psychiatrists for help. She's taking dope for help. She's going to prom promiscuity for help. And she's going deeper and deeper. She said, Kitty, on the other hand, naturally is hurt. She didn't want to see Gordon pass away. But, he said, but she said, her trust in the Lord Jesus is deep and abiding. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Then I read a message that Kitty sent to some friends. She typed it. It consisted actually of several pages. When I read that message, friends, I want to tell you it did something to my heart. I have seen miracles and miracles and miracles take place in human hearts. Perhaps you have too. I believe in a God that creates new hearts, don't you? And what he's done for others, he'll do for us. As I read this experience, she began to appeal to these friends. She said, oh, if you don't know Jesus. She said, I want to invite you to come to Jesus now. She said, don't wait. Come to him now. She said, you can very easily give your heart to him. She said, pray this simple prayer. And she wrote down a little simple prayer of only two sentences. Think of that. It said something like this. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. And I want to receive you as my Savior. And I believe that you're forgiving me and making me your child in Jesus' name. Words something like that. So simple. Do you know the devil wants us to think that salvation is very complicated? 
It's true that righteousness is a mystery of godliness. It's true that Satan's program is the mystery of iniquity. But more than that, the devil tries to throw a mystery around the plan of salvation. He wants us to think that we've just got to work our way. So Kitty put that a paragraph or two. She said, you don't, don't try to do it yourself. Don't say, after I overcome this habit or that habit, or after I clear up this or that, don't say, then I'll do it. You don't wait. Jesus will do it for you. There she was, an evangelist in correspondence. One who had contemplated suicide. One who had contemplated murder. One whose life was completely empty. She found Jesus Christ. My friends, those doing this program, those who are here at this hour, do you have a deep problem in your heart? It may be one of many things. It may be in many areas. It may be that you've never given your heart to Jesus yet. Or it may be that, that your home is broken up and you're praying that you'll be the kind of an individual that your mate will be happy in coming back to, you see. It may be that you have a loved one that's in deep distress. Oh, what a wonderful privilege to come to Jesus. He has said, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I will do what? Everybody. I will give you rest. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. I will sup with him and he with me. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life. How? Freely. Salvation is free. It is not of works. Of all the reforms that you and I think we need, only Jesus Christ can do those reforms in our lives. But he can do it. He's creator as well as redeemer. What a simple thing to come to him. That's what she did. She cast her burdens at his feet. She didn't try to do it herself. She'd been trying to do that. She let him do it. So, my friends, as you prayerfully consider, and we're not making a general call, bear that in mind, this is not a general call. This call is for anyone who is in a very deep problem. And you want to commit this problem, whether it's your salvation, whether it's a deep problem in the home, whether it's a deep, deep problem of finance, whether it's a deep, deep problem regarding loved ones, maybe who are in jail, or in a deep, distressing situation, if you want to represent them, if you want God to come, here's his promise. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? With all your heart. This A of prayer isn't, Lord, I ask. It isn't that. It's, Lord, I ask. I'm helpless. That's the A. The B isn't, Lord, I believe. The B is, Lord, I trust you. You can do what I can't do. The C isn't, Lord, thank you, thank you. No, the C is, Lord, I thank you that you're the creator and you create the solution that you promised. So it's an in-depth prayer. Lord, I come in the distress of my soul, out of my bondage, sorrow, and night. Jesus, I come. Nobody else in this place needs to know the burden that's on your heart. But if it's a very deep, deep, deep burden, don't worry. You may say, Lord, take my burden all away. This media was brought to you by Audioverse. 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.